Hello and welcome to the 100 Day Writing Challenge, Day 25. If you're analytically minded, it cannot have escaped your attention that we are a quarter of the way through this programme already. And you'd think a benchmark like that would spur you on, especially if you're writing a novel. You hit a quarter of your overall word target and you imagine that feels like an exciting milestone. But just like with running, where you finished five of a 20k, sometimes it as the opposite effect. You think, oh, what? That was only a quarter. I've still got three times that to do. Yikes. And you find yourself catapulted out of the sexy honeymoon straight into the mortgage three kids and dad bod phase, spooning the food recycling from the indoor bin into the slightly larger outdoor bin at 10pm in your slippers. So in a way, I'm not sure it's helpful to point out landmark numbers like this. I'm sure some people feel spurred on by it, but it does shift our focus away from the lovely, juicy, exciting work of the moment that can only happen in the moment while the novel is still this molten, liminal thing that can be changed and can go in any direction. The adventure that's happening right now, this opportunity for growth and hilarious, instructive failure right in front of us, it shifts that towards this distant, extrinsic goal based on numbers. You might think it's useful to have a big, fat writing target to aim for and, and something a bit abstract, you know, something that seems a little less high stakes. And if you've ever been on the internet, it's a big system of electronically distributed human knowledge populated by a tribe largely known as the twats. You may have seen lots of writers sounding off about word count this and first draft that. And it might even semi work for you as a motivation. Although, let's be honest, if it did, you wouldn't be here listening to me now, would you? But if you use that as a method, all you're doing is taking all your lovely dopamine, chaining it up in the dungeon, then saying to yourself, right, you can have that back in three years' time when you finish your fucking novel. It's like, heaven forbid you're happy now. Don't, whatever you do, feel satisfied with today's writing, or even today, or even yourself, for their own sakes. Because if you're satisfied, so goes the narrative, you'll slump into this Island of the Lotus Eaters-style stupor, drugged with your own self-acceptance and never achieve anything. And then maybe on your deathbed, you'll snap out of your trance and go, oh no, I'm not really happy at all. And I wasted my life liking myself when I should have been writing. Then you come back as the Marley's ghost of books or something. Now let us acknowledge the grain of truth. Here be... Now let us acknowledge the grain of truth. Now let us acknowledge the grain of truth here. Whomst amongst us has not lost an evening to a Netflix binge or been sucked into the Sid Meier's civilization black hole or just dirdled and scrolled away a large amount of time only to come out of it feeling drained and regretful. You and I both yearn to spend our time meaningfully. That's a positive desire. It's just that our standard way of trying to fulfil that desire through guilt obligation, trying to anticipate and avoid dire mistakes, harsh self-recrimination. All of these strategies are suboptimal, maladaptive, and, and where they do work, they cause so many negative side effects as to create more problems than they solve. So remember right at the start I said I was aiming to be a pragmatist, and I'm sure I fall short all the time, but certainly that's my goal. You remember I said that optimism predicts healthy lifestyle choices, but it also kills smokers. This is what I'm talking about, just like yesterday where we practised exposing you to and 
to an extent embracing some of the traits you're most fearful of embodying in your writing, I don't think we can simply pep talk our way out of your doubts, your worries, your blocks and your self-sabotage. You choose these behaviours for positive reasons in the main, even if they are inefficient, they don't work or they make things worse. In my experience, trying to shut those voices up doesn't make them go away just like you're rarely insulted into changing your mind, right? If someone calls you names and tells you how stupid you are for thinking something without actually listening to what you believe or how you came to believe it, without taking the time to understand you, and that person tries to overwrite your feelings with their much better viewpoint, you don't usually conclude, oh, well, that's a pretty shrewd observation, actually, and change your mind. At most, you might temporarily comply, resentfully feeling browbeaten and humiliated into it, you probably won't do whatever they've shamed you into doing very well, and you certainly won't enjoy it. And if you do comply, you'll find all sorts of passive-aggressive or deliberate ways to undermine your effort. You know, you'll show up late to whatever it is, you won't prepare, you'll get sick. Anything to claw back a sense of self-efficacy. I mean, yeah. Imagine if you accidentally made yourself feel that way about something you really wanted to do. So today I want you to harness that voice we're going to lean into some deliberate limited exposure. Some of these exercises have parallels with therapeutic modalities like dialectical behaviour therapy. DBT was developed mainly for helping people with borderline personality disorder, but most of the moves and ideas behind it are solid for anyone because they're all about engaging with your feelings in a healthy, kind way and building distress tolerance, the ability to cope and you have unpleasant feelings, maybe even to stay with them, turn towards them and learn from them freedom in other words now i'm not a therapist but i am an enthusiastic end user of this apparatus we call the human brain and i see in my creative writing teaching that a fair amount of what holds writers back has an emotional and psychological component now don't get me wrong there's loads of powerful knowledge one can develop in terms of craft and technique and in the days and weeks that follow i'm going to be foisting heaped basketfuls of craft skills onto you but it's all of it useless if you can't turn up, you can't train and you can't bring yourself to do the work and to do so in an open, courageous way where you take risks and tap into the full spectrum of human emotions so that what you write connects with people. So look, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to write for 10 minutes about all the judgments you have about yourself as a writer. That's going to be the task. All the fears and doubts and self-criticism, I'm going to ask you to get them out on the page. You're going to channel that voice for a full 10 minutes and then you're going to stop. But instead of writing, for example, I don't think I've got what it takes to stick with this. Who do I think I am? That's a very, very mild voice, isn't it? That's a very sort of very English, sort of bit ticked off. Gosh, oh, just imagine if your inner critic was just like, God, you, you big silly, you big silly. Some of your writing is a, a bit silly. It's normally harsher than that, right? But, you know, instead of writing, I don't think what it, I've got it takes to stick with this. Who do I think I am? I want you to write it as if it were coming from someone else. I don't think you've got what it takes to stick with this. Who do you think you are? You are going to be today channeling your very own writing demon. Now, you know, I've said before on the podcast, I'm a massive fan of C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters, one of my favourite fantasy novels of all time, which channels this demon called Screwtape writing letters of advice to his nephew. And this, this task is definitely inspired by that. This is the personification 
of all your doubts, your fears, your self-criticism, whatever comes up when you feel the worst about your writing. He, she or they, this demon, probably has a name. What do you think it might be? Is your writing demon seductive and eloquent? Come now, child, put down the pen. Writing isn't for you, it only makes you tired. Why do you do this to yourself? You know, it can only come to nothing. Or are they a crude bully? You nasty little worm. Look at this crap. Who told you you were allowed to write? Or are they a voice of anxious guilt? How can you write when there's so much catastrophe in the world, when there are people out there who need you? What's the point in all this when we're all going to die anyway? Perhaps they sound like a bored child. Oh, God, can we do something else now? Come on, this is rubbish. Let's check Twitter. Or can we just go downstairs and have a biscuit? This is so dumb. Or something else. Maybe a mix of styles. Maybe your writing demon switches tack if they feel one voice isn't working. Do they sound like you? Or do they sound a bit like someone from your life, either now or in the past? I don't know, but I'm asking you, a bit like yesterday, to just seed control for ten minutes. I, I understand that this is challenging and might even be a bit scary. This is probably a voice you've trained yourself to suppress, ignore and even fear. Oh no, it's her. She's talking to me again. So it may well feel counterintuitive and challenging at first to let them come through. When they do come through strongly, you probably normally take it as a sign that things are going badly. But, let's be blunt, suppression hasn't worked. They've just got louder and you've grown more and more adept at picking out their voice. You're sensitive to the signs they might be emerging. The more you've muffled them, the greater and more intimate your relationship has become. So we're going to try a new strategy. So 10 minutes, your writing demon, whoever they are, is speaking directly to you. In fact, if I may address them for a moment. Hello, writing demon. I'm talking to you now. All right. Yeah, it's just just me and you. Listen, um, this is your big chance, your pitch. You have the floor. We're not going to shut you up. Uh, you, you, you need to have a chance to have your say. So please, you know, go ahead, make your case why they should never, ever, ever write again. Because after all, if you nail this, you might well win a final decisive victory and kill their creative flow stone dead. And I, I know you're only trying to protect them. You don't want them to write because bad things will happen if they write. So we can do that. We can... We can gain closure today and no more struggle. You can have the rest of your life off. Cool, right? So please, you know, go hog wild. Don't hold back as many words as you can in as much vivid detail as you need. Let all your feelings out. You ready, writing demon? Write until the bell sounds. Three, two, one...
and that's it stop no more pens down now now for some people this exercise is mildly amusing for others it is literally the roughest most challenging work they've done in the course so far i hope that you know if you're in the latter category you don't feel that i've done this idly um, and you don't feel betrayed by me for putting you in a vulnerable position depending on the degree to which you felt able to give yourself to the exercise and how you feel about it yourself you know it may have brought you up against some tough feelings so first of all just to check in how were you feeling before the exercise how did you feel during and how about now in the immediate aftermath has your posture shifted at all how's your breathing see if you ever doubted you were a storyteller if you ever doubted your ability to create characters and dialogue i direct you to the work you just did a transcript of the ongoing shit show inside your head these things that you say to yourself may have become so habitual that you've fused with your thoughts that you find it hard almost impossible to recognize that they're a story rather than reality viewed through a clear pane of glass but they are a story that's all that they are really you know just a set of opinions that you're free to pay attention to or if you prefer to notice and politely separate yourself from however mean your writing demon may be they are ultimately an aspect of you in the traditions of tibetan buddhism in contradistinction to christian thought for example demons are not entities to be destroyed or banished so much as tamed and because of karma and rebirth even demons over time may engage in more skillful actions and be reborn as kinder more compassionate creatures your writing demon is worst when you treat them as your boss or your enemy either way they dominate your attention what today's exercise is is the first tentative step towards creating progressively bigger spaces for your demon to live in today you might have felt like you're stuck in a service elevator with your writing demon in time we may find ways of expanding that space of gaining distance till it feels more like you're sharing a living room with them one day it may be like you're both standing in the same cathedral sometimes you may even feel as if you're just in view of one another across a great rolling meadow or on the shoreline of a vast ocean and when they get that far away and you can still hear them going on with their anxious fu furious future-oriented needy hand-wringing monologue you might even feel your relationship with them shifting you might even feel the strangest of emotions like you see them worrying and getting angry and thinking of the future and being critical and bringing up all these terrible memories from the past and i feel a bit sorry for them take care of yourself won't you you really are wonderful and tremendously valuable in ways you barely comprehend thank you for turning up today and we'll speak again tomorrow the 100 day writing challenge is made possible with the kind support of arts council england